Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCullough. And we're continuing our conversation with two extraordinary men. The first is Mick Carbo. He's our guest, uh, not in studio, but our guest co-host today. He's joining us from his palatial mansion in where do you live, Mick? Maryland, right between Baltimore and D.C. A beautiful place to be from. He's the founder and head coach of Carbo Coaching. You can find out more about him by going to the web, the Carbo. That's C-A-R-B-O, coaching.com. And our delightful guest for the entire hour today is the founder of Millionaire Manners and uh, the principal host, producer, and chief cook and bottle washer of the Sadiq Ali Show, Sadiq <laughs> Ali. He's, a, in addition to being a keynote, a social entrepreneur, a commentator, and a TV and radio host, he's also the best-selling author of five books and a national award-winning keynote speaker, trainer, and consultant, as well as a great panel guest. Um, you can find out more about Sadiq by going to Sadiq Ali, that's S-A-D-I-Q-A-L-I.com, or millionaire, singular, hyphen manners, plural, dot com. That's millionaire hyphen manners dot com. Um, as I said, we're trying something new today. Maybe I didn't tell you. It's a secret. Uh, we're, we usually lead the show with our uh, sort of ads or shout-outs to our sponsors, and today we're trying them in the middle here. So, gentlemen, if you'll excuse me a moment... I just want to talk about um, our longest-term sponsor of this here program. Is uh, It's literally, and by declaration, by design, the world's finest coach training program. Now, Sadiq, I don't know if you're like me, and if you are, God help you, but um, uh, when I go looking for something like training, I'm looking for the best. I'm looking for the top quality. I'm looking for the Oxford, the Stanford, the Harvard, the Yale of education. I'm not looking for, like, you know, the guy on the corner who can show me something. And uh, in the world of coach training, you know, we can find the most popular and the cheapest and the quickest. I think there's one for two hours on a Saturday, $74.95. Boom, you're a coach. This program is not that program. Accomplishment Coaching has for 17 years been the world gold standard in coach training. It's a rigorous program. It's not for everybody. Small groups, more than double the hours of our nearest competitor, more than uh, more hours of actual training, more hours of actual being coached, more hours of actually coaching other human beings who are not in the course with you. It's an extraordinary program. Uh, the Fine folks at Accomplishment Coaching do not only coach training, but if you're interested in what coach training looks like, they do something that nobody else in the industry does, which they invite you to come in and observe quietly like a mouse or in the corner or like a fly on the wall, the coach training program in process. Um, Mick Carbo, where can people find Accomplishment Coaching? Where should they go? What should they do? Oh, man. Well, first of all, they should go to accomplishmentcoaching.com and check out where the uh, venues are where you can come and be a fly on the wall and observe for for uh, for no cost completely right. uh, to you. And uh, we are in Washington, D.C., which is where I co-lead one of the programs. Uh, we're in New York City. We're in Chicago. We're in San Diego. We're in Victoria, B.C., Canada. And we are in Seattle, Washington currently. So if you are 
anywhere close to any of those cities. Or if you love to travel and feel like hopping on a plane to come visit, we are more than happy to have you. Nice. Thank you very much. And accomplishmentcoaching.com, check it out. Go visit one of their training programs or just sign up. I think there's a program, a fly-in program in San Diego that'll uh, go through the wintertime. And what what could be better? Accomplishmentcoaching.com. All right, back to our conversation. Uh, Mick, you've known Sadiq for a few years now. What's something you've always wanted to ask that guy? You know, um, first of all, I want to I want to put something in uh, that I I know I've mentioned this to you before, Sadiq, and and we haven't really talked about it at length. But you know, I really I'm really interested in 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 you know spiritual uh, laws and and different beliefs like that. And and I want you to know, for everybody to know, that actually ever since I was a kid, I used to have this thing where I would go into stores and I would get. I would get upset in the way that that I was treated by uh, you know people that worked there. Hmm. I, I I just had this thing about bad customer service, and I always had this goal, this dream to like create something where businesses would actually train people how to, you know, how to have etiquette and and manners while dealing with people. Never did anything about it, but you, my friend, you've created an entire business around that. And I think, first of all, that that's amazing and uh, totally acknowledge you for that. Um, But the interesting piece to me is that I've connected with you, you know, like this thing has been in my heart ever since I was a kid. And here we are friends now and 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 colleagues of, of sorts. And you have actually created this thing that I thought about a long time ago. So again, A, I think that's amazing, and B, I want to hear from you about um, uh, what kind of you know overriding philosophies or spiritual beliefs do you have, and how do they impact your work? Sure, sure. No, I, re- I really appreciate that. Once again, um, just that shout out, and <clears throat> it you know, feels good to be recognized as a peer amongst uh, amongst you giants, you know, in the coaching world, et cetera. Um, several things of which I aspire, so I appreciate that. Um, I, I would say really at a, at a basic level, again, being raised as a Muslim, um, I believe wholeheartedly that there's far, far more, uh, that we have in common, um, than what separates us. I think that that is crystal clear, especially when you, when you start, uh, studying other, other religions and other faith traditions and other belief, uh, sets of beliefs, et cetera, um, we have much, much more in common. I, I like to tell folks, I, I think that we're about 90, anywhere from 97 to 98% the same as it pertains to the core tenets of, of most faith traditions. So that being said, me personally, um, there's probably two big philosophies that, um, that I try to live, uh, that I try to live by and which I'm relatively sure, at least among the, the dozens or the dozens of different religions uh, that I personally studied, um, these two beliefs are, are pretty prevalent. Um, and the first one is around um, being present and just enjoying life, um, just being present and enjoying life. I think especially folks who are hard chargers and, and just driven individuals, achievement-oriented folks, we have a hard, hard time just slowing down and just enjoying our families, enjoying the fruits of our labor, enjoying natural beauty, um, of which there's so much surrounding us on a day-to-day basis. Like, we really have to slow down. It's possible for us to work every single day, especially you guys know as entrepreneurs, um, as I am, it's possible to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
365, 366 on the leap year. Mm-hmm. It's possible to do that. Um, but where is the enjoyment in that? Where is the enjoyment in that? So I, I made up my mind uh, some years ago, even as I, I was ending my sort of corporate career and beginning my entrepreneurial journey, like, you know, there are spates, of course, where I work two, three weeks straight without a break, with no time off. But those, those, those instances are few and far between now because I've made it a point every single day for me to look into my, my children's faces and, and, and see joy, for me to look into my wife's face. And, and, you know, it's my goal to try to make her smile every day. You know, these are the things that I enjoy. And I think that uh, most folks would agree who study, you know, I don't, I don't care if it's the Quran or scripture or whatever it is that you study or espouse. We have to take time to be present and enjoy um, the beauty that the creator has bestowed upon us and to never, ever take it for granted. So that's definitely point one. Um, but then point two, which is pretty simple, guys, that is to treat people well, which is the core tenet of millionaire manners and, and almost every single thing that I do on a day to day basis. I'm, I'm proud to tell you guys that, again, I've worked in lots of different uh, lots of different arenas uh, I've, I've, I've traveled a good amount and, and I'm, I'm proud to report back to you guys that the overwhelming majority of people that come in contact with me, remember me as the same person. I don't care if I was, you know, if I was at the mosque or if I was in a jail or if I was in an elementary school, I try my best to treat people uh, with dignity and respect and with love and compassion every place that I go, especially starting at home with my family. Cause what do they say? Right. Charity starts at home. So uh, I really try to treat people well, especially those who I know, or at least I think, because that's karma, especially those who I think can't really even do anything for me, right? They say that's one of the measures of character, how mm-hmm. you treat people who can't do anything for you. So th- those are my two philosophies. Wow, it's, that's beautiful. It feels like um, one of the things we talked, I, I sort of teased us with before the break, was about uh one of your tenants, one of your legs on the four-legged stool is faith-based community. And one of the things that I think we're aware of is that in the United States, in North America, in most Western civilizations, uh, church attendance and attendance at regular religious services of all types is mostly down and on the wane and has been for a while. So uh, I, I think there are two things. The first is with a name like Sadiq Ali, I'm assuming that you may have, uh, you know, that you're probably not Jewish and that <laughs> <laughs> you may have something to say about being a Muslim in America. The other thing is, how can we rebuild faith-based community in a world where people say, oh, I'm, I'm spiritual but not religious? Sure. I, I, think, I think that's an excellent question and an excellent point. Um, Again, for me, you know, I, I would consider myself more on the spiritual side, even though uh, I self-identify as Muslim and we're raising our children as Muslims. Um, I would self-identify more on the spiritual side of our chosen uh, religious practices and rituals, if you will. Um, but I think to answer your question around, uh, and again, without without digging in deep, this is another one of those big, big conversations. Mm-hmm. So we'll just you know we'll just touch upon um, as much as we can, but. I think in terms of uh, analyzing why some folks are shying away, um, I think personally that people are more savvy than ever before. We are living in the age, the golden age of information with so much more coming down the pipeline in terms of metadata and big data and uh, computer learning, et cetera. Uh, I'm a big futurist, so I I study a lot of this stuff. Um, There's more coming down the pipeline. So I think 
we, we have more information at our fingertips. So therefore, it's it's much it's a much tougher sell these days to tell someone that, hey, if you don't believe this specific set of stuff, hey, you person over there, you're going to hell. Right. It's all fire and brimstone. If you guy over there, if you don't do these exact same things in these exact same days that we're telling you to do them, you're going to hell. You're damned eternally. I think that's a really, really tough sell and a tough pill for a lot of folks to swallow. When in my opinion, the core messaging needs to be, hey, whatever you feel comfortable doing and how you feel comfortable worshiping, worship that way. But here's the most important thing, in my opinion, gentlemen, is that we need to shift the conversation uh, away from uh, do these things because we said to do them versus doing these things because that's what humanity needs. Mm. Really shifting it from, again, a religious thing to a service thing. Really shifting it from, hey, do these things or, or else to, hey, what does humanity need? Uh, it's a much more, in my opinion, holistic and service-oriented uh, approach as opposed to just fire and brimstone. I think folks are beyond fire and brimstone, to be honest. And I think that's in part why we see waning numbers in our religious institutions physically. Yeah, people don't like being told what to do. And it seems like that's or what threatened. it's evolved into. Or right? threatened. Yeah. <laughs> How does Sadiq? How does this translate into the work that you do with, say, Millionaire Manners when you're when you're training young people around uh, the work that they're doing, either uh, you know at the job that they have, or or as you're training young people coming up? How does this come into play there? Sure, sure. Well, I think you know again one of the other core core tenets is just embracing personal power. You know, when when a person knows who he or she is. Um, then it becomes a lot, uh, a lot easier for again for me to serve others. But you know, I think it starts with personal power. So, you know, in the work that that I do, whether it's again training young people, because there's there's really like three different areas that we work. It's with young people themselves. We design programs. Uh, we also work with parents and families around parent and family engagement, and uh, do lots of different workshops and trainings uh, directly with parents. Uh, but then also. Uh, we train uh, youth workers and educators and practitioners on just different topics uh, related, everything from cultural proficiency, um, but different topics related to youth development. So, you know, really, really throughout all of those um, those areas, if you will, you know, there's a common thread. And again, that is um, enjoy, right? Still enjoy life, but embrace personal power um, along with, again, just understanding that this thing is um, this thing is about service. And it's also, again, about uh, the answers, right? We, we call it embracing the inner teacher, embracing the inner teacher. And a lot of folks don't do that. Um, a lot of folks are waiting for, you know, this big external thing to happen as opposed to them looking inside and saying, hey, what, you know, what kind of makes sense? What, what is all of this about when we boil it down to its lowest common denominator? And that is treat people well, treat people the way I want to be treated, treat people the way they want to be treated. And so much of the other stuff works itself out. Beautiful. Uh, listen, Mick and I, I checked, and we're a couple of white dudes. I'm probably like <laughs> the natural enemy of almost everyone on the planet, being a middle-aged white guy with, who thinks he knows something, right? So uh, one of the things that I think I know is that it's dangerous to be an African-American man, an African-American young man in America. We see again and again uh, you know, the violence uh, that's perpetrated, the unfairness that's perpetrated against the African-American community and people of color, you know, throughout. And then our 
knucklehead president shows up with, you know, uh, a failure, a two-day failure to denounce white supremacy, right? And so the mm. Congress has to go do it. Um, I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to, to educate even, you know, people like me about what... Uh, sorry, I'm going to preface it with an, with an experience. I was driving down the road the other day, and you know how you drive, and sometimes there's somebody driving more slowly than you in front of you, and you have some thoughts about that person, right? You guys with me on <laughs> not, this? Not warm, not warm and fuzzy thoughts. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I have so, you know, and I was like trying to get somewhere, and so I was kind of focused on the speed. And I noticed this person was driving, and uh, they were driving like kind of slowly and tentatively and like right around the speed limit. And I thought, what kind of person is going to drive the speed limit? And then as I passed them, you know, thinking thoughts, I looked over and it was a person, a young male of color. And I thought, oh, you know what? If I get pulled over, I'm like, oh, that's I'm out some money and some time. If that guy gets pulled over, like it's a whole different deal. And I suddenly had this whole restructuring of my brain waves. Do you know? So I... I'd love for you to speak to that and especially what people like me or Mick can do in our lives to make a difference for young African-Americans. Wow. I think um, what, what, a, what, a, what a great question, first and foremost, and uh, what an excellent segue um, because you just, hit the, you just hit the nail on the head, Chris, in terms of uh, this magical word called empathy. Uh, it is as close to a silver bullet uh, for many of the things that ail us around racism and bias and cultural destructiveness that we see uh, happening every day uh, for young men of color, for young women of color, for, you know, lots of different folks around the globe. It's not just an exclusively um, black or white thing. Uh, Let's make no mistake about that. Um, But what I will say is that, you know, anytime someone takes the opportunity to see it through the other person's eyes or walk a, it doesn't even have to be a mile. You could walk a block Mm -hmm. in the shoes of some of our guys in the inner city. And you'll see that it's a much different ballgame. If, if I may, um, anticipation of you asking this question, as soon as you started asking, I pulled up a poem. One of my favorite poems, and, and you know, hopefully it's, it's, it'll take just a couple of seconds if you guys will indulge me, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it ties in especially to what we're talking about here and, and from an educational standpoint as well because we see those same, sort of, those same sorts of lack of empathy uh, in the education arena. So if you guys will, uh, will allow me, I'd like to read this poem really quickly. For sure. Uh, and it's, it's called Because I Ain't Got a Pencil, and it's written by a young guy, Joshua Dickerson, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I woke myself up because we ain't got no alarm clock. Dug in the dirty clothes basket because ain't nobody washed my uniform. Brushed my hair and teeth in the dark because the lights ain't on. Even got my baby sister ready because mama wasn't home. Got us both to school on time to eat us a good breakfast. That when I got to class, the teacher fussed because I ain't got no pencil. That that poem for me says so much around uh, the lack of empathy that so many in our law enforcement community exhibit. So many educators uh, exhibit so many community folks exhibit so many folks that are, are well-educated, well-intentioned, well-mannered, but have no idea what it's like to walk a block in someone else's shoes. Uh, for me, this poem just says so much that we just think that everything that someone else is going through is exactly what we had to go through. But no, there's no two instances that are the same. Um, and we need to just do a better job of asking questions, Chris, 
and Mick and then shutting up and listening to the answers. They might not be the answers that we want to hear. They might not be what we were expecting, but we need to take those answers and then formulate some thoughts, not before, because if we do, um, then again, everyone is going to be operating from a disadvantage. We need to operate with an empathetic point of view. And there's, again, so many different things that we can do to sort of uh, kickstart that and jumpstart that conversation. But it kind of goes back to a little bit around engaging too. go and hang out in an area that's not yours. Go, go, go to the mall and just greet somebody that doesn't look like you. Let's just get some of these conversations started so we can begin the hard work of walking in each other's shoes. And it will open all our eyes, I assure us. That was beautiful. And we're, I've found that poem and we're going to post it on the uh, website just so that people can really get it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mick, we got about three minutes left, and here's my big plan, is I'd like to give you uh, the last topic of our interview, and then I'd love to give the last minute or two to uh, our guest, Sadiq Ali, to just give us a parting thought or a parting shot, whatever he'd like to do. So tee up your last topic, mister. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, Sadiq, why so many kids, man? How come you, <laughs> you and your wife have so many kids? Let, let me. So that what an awesome question. Thank you so much. Man. So look, we just we just came out of something real heavy. We 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 needed a sigh real quick. Um, what I would say. So you know, this is my running joke with with folks in my circle. Mick, you and I have talked offline about this as well, right? If money and time were no object, I'd have, I'd have ten or twenty of them. I love being a father. I can't I I can't say it any other way. I absolutely love being a father. Um, so let me, let me, let me, let me say this as well. Right. So number one, I love being a father. I love seeing what they can grow and develop into. I love basing my fatherhood off my dad's father, uh, off his fatherhood sort of philosophy, if you will. My dad passed in 2011. So I model a lot of the things that I do after not only what he did do, but what he didn't do. And I think it's made me an even stronger father. That's another subject for another day. Um, but the other piece, right, is that, uh, to answer your question is that, so me and some of my, my inner circle, we talk all the time. Some of these guys, they're, they're, you know, they're young, you know, African-American, they're sharp, mm-hmm. educated, they're doing excellent work, um, both in the community and, you know, in the corporate, uh, in the corporate arena. And a lot of them don't have any kids or they're not married. I say, guys, what are you all doing? I say, because the irony is that it's, it's you brothers, right? It's you brothers that aren't married, that are, that have all this free time that end up mentoring all the kids of everybody else that either doesn't have time or they're, you know, they're in a messed up circumstances. So you might as well get some practice and have some of your own. That's what I always tell them. (laughs) Um, Because that's just kind of how life works. We end up mentoring some of those folks. Um, But the other piece of it is that uh, I tell folks all the time that men and women want different things. Again, uh, yet another huge topic for another day, right? That's right. Men are after significance, largely. And again, women, without generalizing, generally want stability. And I think uh, having kids is one of the uh, most beautiful and can be fun even having kids, right? You got you know about that, guys, right? Not, not the way you? I do it. No, uh-uh. <laughs> okay, okay, you're doing it wrong, Chris. Let me tell you, you're doing it. Let me co- let me coach you for a second. Yeah. You're doing it all wrong, buddy. Somebody should. <laughs> we got about thirty seconds. I want to make sure that we don't miss the opportunity for a parting thought or shot from you. What would you have us leave? Uh, what would you have thirty or fifty thousand coaches think about today, Sadiq Ali? Listen, listen, enjoy life, man. Take a, you know, it's it's a cliche, but stop and smell these roses. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. And again, treat people well. And you are much more powerful, uh, much more beautiful, much more uh, capable than you think you are. Go forward. Beautiful, beautiful. 
Well, that's another edition of The Coaching Show, my dear listener. Uh, please go visit Mick Carbo at Carbo Coaching, that's C-A-R-B-O Coaching.com. And go check out Sadiq Ali by the books, Millionaire Manners. Go to Millionaire, singular hyphen, Manners, plural, dot com, or Sadiq Ali, S-A-D-I-Q-A-L-I dot com. And we will be back with another extraordinary show for you next week. And I thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. Join culinary masters and legendary winemakers for one of the largest Epicurean celebrations, the 14th annual San Diego Bay Wine and Food Festival. From November 12th through the 19th, this week-long extravaganza features celebrity and local chefs, 200 amazing wineries, 70 of San Diego's best restaurants, and it's a week of citywide events. Go to VinVillage.com to save big on select tickets. For event and hotel packages, visit SanDiegoWineClassic.com. That's SanDiegoWineClassic.com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, Scale Listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.